Okay, so Carly, what time do you have to get up in the morning? Well, (laughs) (laughs) it depends. Am I coming to the office or not? Yes. Let's just say for your job, what time do you have to get up in the morning? Okay, like 8.15. What? (laughs) (laughs) You get up at at 8.15 to come here? Like that's... Joe comes and wakes me up at 8.15. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, what time do you get up? Like 7. <laughs> do you have the coffee waiting for her? And yeah, I he, do. Everything. He literally does. <laughs> it's really nice. <laughs> okay, so why did I ask Carly what, when she gets up? So we have a, a guest on the podcast today who gets up at an insane hour because he hosts a morning radio show here in Lansing. Dave Ackerley is our guest on the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. He hosts the morning wake-up every morning, and he gets up a lot earlier than Carly. (laughs) (laughs) This is the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Yep, I got it all. We got it. What do you want to do now? Why don't we do this at the beginning of the Kurt episode? We'll put Kurt Kurt to bed. Nighty-night, Kurt. (laughs) (laughs) And there's the intro. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so creepy. That was incredibly creepy. <laughs> Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rush Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really. I was distracted staring at Joe's cold oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. He's got it on his, it's, on his it's desk. It's always right here. here. It's always here. And by the way, the, the, the ratio of like fruit to disgusting is like 1 to 10. It's got some disgusting stuff and some fruit. Yeah, There's like nothing disgusting. One part What's, what, what in there is disgusting? I don't even know what's in it, but it, it looks like cucumber mash and maybe a couple of chopped apples. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your... Say that! <laughs> so welcome back. This is the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. What? <laughs> Yes, we we're doing or, a podcast, Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is what part is time, this? This is the first this time you've been here. I intro. thought we already did this. No, just, just, pl- just play along. All right. Sorry. So Stephanie's here. <laughs> <laughs> a little out of practice, maybe, as we can see, but uh, Stephanie is here. And actually, this is Matt Resch of Resch Strategies. Uh, we are a public affairs and a public relations firm in Lansing, Michigan, and we bring this little podcast to you every other Thursday. Um, you can find all of our episodes at our website, reststrategies.com. They're on Apple uh, Podcasts, Spotify, um, and on Twitter. And we got Cold Oatmeal Pond. I'm screwing it all up, right? It's on, it's on, maybe I'm out of practice. It's on Spotify. <laughs> it's on it's Apple Podcasts. It's on the Rest Strategies website. It's on the Cold Oatmeal website. Right, yeah, but, but you, you can find But at the, the bottom of the Rest Strategies. Okay. It, it'll Cold redirect. O- yeah. All right. Go. It's a lot of places. They They're can find there. it. It's on the internet somewhere. It's wherever you need to <laughs> it's there. find it. <laughs> so, so Google it's there. it. <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and my chair just went down. <laughs> <laughs> Had enough of you. This Struggle is, yes. buzz. Wow. <laughs> the, wheel, the wheels are not even close to on anymore. <laughs> anyway, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at uh, Rest Strategies, and the Twitter account for the podcast is at Cold Oatmeal Pod. Good job. We Got made it through. through. That. that was so okay. close. So with us in the studio, Laura's back. I'm here. Laura Beal is here. <laughs> Around the room we go. Anna Heaton. Carly Beal. Nikki O'Mara. Stephanie Vancouver. Yes, you heard Stephanie is back. Stephanie's had a bit of a hiatus, but she's back now. Joe Bashi. <laughs> in podcast form. <laughs> 
So uh, we're going to talk in a minute to Dave Ackerley. He's the host of the Morning Wake Up on WILS here in Lansing, the morning show from 6 to 9 every morning. Uh, but before we do that, um, I, maybe you haven't had Anna and Nikki in here a little bit. I got to hear. Any Adele updates for us? Why are you bringing that up? Because I, I don't know. I honestly don't know what's going on. She's having a Menti B. She's having an existential crisis. And I'm, you know, not impressed. <laughs> You're not her? impressed with her breakdown? or what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, you know, it's very frustrating. She's being very flippant about the entire thing. And I, my fandom is waning. Wow. That's awesome. It's mm-hmm. good to hear. It is. It's she's not awesome. Mess. That's... So she's not she's not treating this with the seriousness that her fans. It expect. doesn't feel like it. Isn't right? she like about to get engaged to Rich Paul too? Is that? Yeah, and she's like, oh, I have to do the shows this year because I want to have a baby next right. year. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. So who cares about all of your fans and all the money they spent and time and everything? You know, I'm mad. So what's the window of time here? Where don't we, we don't know. know? And it's still not officially canceled, right? No. And no. You should be hearing this from the organizer, not from her Instagram, <laughs> where she's crying. So, like, no one knows what's happening. And no one's gotten, like, refunds, right? We could have gotten a refund, but it also hasn't been canceled. So, once we know okay. our show date that we get to attend, we can decide if we want to get a refund or we could or sell the tickets go. or still go. But the date But I don't is know the happening. date, and that's very frustrating. But you know April 1st is not happening. Right. Would okay. have been one month from today, our yep. paper chain countdown. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. It's not happening. Well, maybe Dave accurately will have some insight into <laughs> Adele's um, state of mind. I'm sure this. he will. I fangirl over his show. <laughs> <laughs> Total and same Unlike fan. Adele, he is, he is rock solid, reliable. Every morning from <laughs> 6 to 9, yes. Monday through Friday, WILS, nice. the morning wake up. So Dave accurately has been a really a, a media fixture in Lansing for an, a, a lot of years. Sports sports director on WLNS for 20, 20 plus years. Uh, news anchor, he even did a little bit of weather. Did a tour of duty over in state government uh, as a communications director over there. And now has been hosting uh, the morning wake up on WILS for, uh, this is the eighth year he's doing it. Every morning from six to nine. So he does have to get up earlier than Carly. Almost everyone does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dave Ackerley. Hey, Dave Ackerley, welcome to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Thank you. We've been talking about this for a while. I'm glad we, I'm glad we could get you on. Glad to be here. And glad here we are. We are the, we're recording the day of the State of the Union, right? And you will be getting up bright and early tomorrow to be talking about this stuff. So nice to, nice to have it on this big occasion. Well, that's awkward because I thought we were going to talk about my hobby of poison dart frogs. <laughs> well, and we have then, unfortunately, I saw... Yeah. The well, topic's been taken. Luckily, you you now have a room full of people who are somewhat experts in poison dark frogs. So <laughs> well, we can talk. And, I, and we can I listened, and that. now I think I am more expert. <laughs> did you, you know, any, one, did, one time I hosted by, I had to, because uh, the guy who hosts the show, the Pet Expert Talk Show, is a weekly show with Rick Proust from Old Town. Mm-hmm. 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 And they're like, Lee can't be here. His car blew up on I-96 or something. And Rick's here. I said, no, that's that's too bad. No, can you host the show? And I'm like, no. <laughs> what are you talking about? We're talking about South American uh, river tropical fish. I said, oh, just follow Rick. I'm like, oh, man. 
I did it for an hour. <laughs> wow. So that got me prepped for this podcast. Because I don't know. <laughs> that was on radio? Where you guys that was on radio either. or when you were on TV? That was on radio. Was How do you radio. talk about fish with a guy? Does he bring fish in? Or does he just talk no, about fish? No, they have an hourly show on Saturday. Really? No, Rick dialed in the woman who was an expert. Okay. And then asked her a lot of really pertinent, salient questions. And I was like, that's fascinating. And I no idea. <laughs> I can't even keep a goldfish alive, let alone these tropical fish. But... Um, no, it's uh, yeah. State of the Union will be a. Uh, it, it's the first one officially, right, for Mr. Biden, and um, you know, I'm interested to hear what he has to say. And you know, is he playing towards polling numbers? Is he playing towards Putin? Um, is he playing towards um, a uh, group of Republican senators who pretty much want to be a bulwark against most of what he and they've succeeded, and a couple of Democrats mm-hmm. too. Very uh, notable one. So it'll be interesting to watch tonight. But, uh, you you got to wonder, and I'm not sure. I, I'm sure I don't envy the speechwriter. I have to think that the speech. That, oh yeah. The speech that he is giving tonight is not the speech they were drafting a week ago. See, I don't know the answer to this, but how many people do you think are involved in the writing of that speech? I know what the answer was before the governor's office mm-hmm. over here, but I don't know what the answer is with Joe Biden. So I don't. I really don't. I mean, I, I obviously don't either. I mean, it's got to be a team, but there's got to be one person who leads the thing. There's one yeah, person who does the thing. probably. Place. You would think, right? Yeah. Do you think it's Mr. Biden, though? I mean, does he get the ultimate, nope, nope, not saying that, <laughs> no. not saying that. I don't think so. No, I mean, yeah, I, there are always not. talks that, that Barack Obama wrote his own his own State of the Union. Oh. But I think it's so hard when you're writing speeches because you, you have to have a consistent voice. Um, it's hard to do it yeah. for another person in the first place, but if you have a bunch of people doing it, that gets really, that gets really hard. The best State of the Union story is one I heard t- um, today uh, uh, from John Decker, who said, as I asked him, I said, he's coming here to speak to, and again, when people hear the podcast, they may go, that's old news, but um, that's fine. He's coming here to speak in Lansing. He's from Gray TV um, National, and, and uh, there's a Gray TV affiliate in town, WILX. Um, so John was on, and I said, 27 of these for you. What's the longest speech you've heard? And he goes, oh, easy, Bill Clinton. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, I said, so why was it? He goes, because the teleprompter failed. And then he said, well, I'll riff. And then he started riffing, and then he got lost from where he was, so he riffed some more, was looking back, kind of meandering like a figure eight through his speech. And I said, boy, oh, boy. that's." He goes, yeah, we knew it, too. Up above, you could see what was happening at the mm-hmm. time. But yeah. the country probably could. It was a long And I remember that. It was a long he had speech. some epic ones. He, he liked, once he got up there, he did not like to get back. Well, the one he had at the convention, too, uh, right. 88, was, was supposed to be. I was working then in Missouri, and we covered a lot of counties in Arkansas. We had a state politics, House, Senate, Governor Clinton reporter in Little Rock. And then we'd do live shots. And then he would come up to Springfield, and he said, oh, man, Dave, that guy. And we'd go out for a beer afterwards, and... Uh, he said, that guy's done. He is toast. That's, they, and even in Little Rock, he's just so done. How wrong? that You never know in politics, do no. you? You don't. Mm-hmm. No. So you, you have guests on every every day. And so I think because we reached out to us, some of your regulars, a couple of your regulars, um, and asked them to maybe send some questions. And one of the questions that uh, was submitted by someone, I'm going to play, play here first because it kind of sets us up for this conversation. To get to get to know a little bit who Dave Ackerley is, so the first question, or the I will play, I will, will Joe will work his magic, and we will be hearing from uh, the editing Kyle, process. Kyle Malin. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Hey Dave, I got a question. Uh, Kyle Malin here. Um, if the Detroit Lions 
were to play the Seattle Seahawks in the NFC Conference Championship with the winner going to the Super Bowl, who would you root for, Seattle or Detroit? <laughs> Breaking news. We're going to yeah. get some hard-hitting news from Kyle Malin. <laughs> okay. Um, and that's hard. That's tough. But I, I think at this point, with the history, I've been, to, I've been to more Lions games now. I've ever been to a Seahawks game. It's true. And I was at the very first Seahawks game ever. But I've been the to more Lions. The very first Seahawks game ever? Oh, yeah. Yeah. A preseason game. And they played the uh, San Francisco Giants in 1976. And then I was at the first regular season game. They played the St. Louis Cardinals. St. Louis Cardinals. Nobody knows that now. St. Louis Cardinals. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, of course, they lost. But then I started covering Lions games, and I got to watch Barry Sanders play. I griped about driving in the snow to the Silverdome, and I went through Waterford. I skipped the freeway. Big mistake. And then I got to watch Barry. Uh, it was sublime. After all these years, Lions fans paint, I think I would root in that game for the Detroit Lions. Okay. Um, and my kids are, you know, what a terrible dad. Make them Lions fans. They're Lions fans. <laughs> yeah. So they're born here. They follow the Lions. They follow the Spartans, too. So, I mean, there's Yin and Yang. And the Red Wings, that's, I think, getting better. And the Tigers, they love. That's getting better. He could ask Mariners versus Tigers. And that would be really hard, too. Yeah. If they were playing in the, in the playoffs. That could happen. So I thought that would be a good question to start with because I wanted to know how did you mean, how Kyle. did you get from Seattle? You were born born and raised in yeah. Seattle. How did you get from Seattle to Lansing, Michigan? So um, let's see. I already mentioned the one gig in Missouri, right? Mm -hmm. So then I'm hired to do minor league play-by-play, -play, uh, radio, and a good chunk of TV, which was pretty exciting on Prime Ticket, which is now Fox Sports um, Los Angeles, and then they're now Bally Sports and all that, mm -hmm. etc. Okay. So that's in the late 80s, and uh, I'm back in Seattle, where I was born and raised, where I interned at um, the Independent, did 10 o'clock news. It was great. Actually got stories on the air. And that made it a lot easier to get, quote, the first gig. You know, hey, I interned in Seattle, so what? You just went and got coffee. No, I did these stories on the air. And that got a news director's attention. So um, when I ended back, up back there, we really thought we were going to be, but my wife's job was in Spokane. And we just got married, uh, maybe a, not even a year before. So I'm in Seattle. She's in Spokane. we got a house rent in Spokane. We have like a commuter marriage going. And that's a drag <laughs> in a lot mm -hmm. of ways, right? Yeah. And it was how I ended up in Lansing was the night I'm in Winnipeg in the middle of winter. And um, she's she going to listen to this. She knows the story because she lived it. <laughs> and I'm on the phone with her. And she's like, how are you? I said, it's like 20 below here. And I said, how are you? She goes, I'm ovulating. Like, what, what do you want me to do about it? I mean, oh, there we go. I know. Kyle I know. was going to ask about that, but I told him I, I'm sick of football. So I said, we really need to be in the same city. Right? <laughs> and, but you could always quit. She goes, I like working for the state. I said, well, let's just look for something. And we did. And uh, I knew Mark Harmon, who at the time was sports director of Channel 6. He said, you want to come do weekends? And I said, yeah, because I, I think I'm going to go to law school. And so the goal was to come here and go to law school. And so I took the LSAT across the street from you guys mm -hmm. at the temple, mm -hmm. okay. Cooley Temple. And I had really good college grades, and I did really good on LSAT and was ready to go. And then they promoted me. Mark went. They promoted me and doubled my money. 
So I saw law school on hold. I just you know didn't do it. There you go. Yeah. So sports was your thing. Because you, oh, yeah. you did the news, you did news anchoring too, right? Yeah, but that came way later. Okay, but sp- so sports is what got you into TV and into into media stuff. Is oh your yeah, love yeah, it was sports. That was the calling card, and I didn't do news until um, what year was that? Two thousand two. So I'm, where'd you I, go to college? E- well, first University of Washington. There were massive budget cuts in nineteen eighty eighty one. My major was basically eliminated. Because the state of Washington does something. Here in Michigan, everybody can have a law school or med school, right? Out there, the legislature, Matt might like this. The legislature doesn't okay you to have all these duplicative programs at state schools. They're like inefficient. Yeah. Um, so journalism, all that, the UW went, and I said, I'm going to go to Eastern. You can go to Wazoo, the Edward R. Murrow School. I said, I'm going to go to Eastern because I want to do stuff. I don't just want to go to class. And that was a smart move. Um, I work with some great people. You know, if you're a sports fan, uh, somebody who still, I think I've done more games with him than anybody else has all time, uh, Colin Cowherd and I. Oh, yeah? Classmates, yeah. Really? Yeah. Well. Yeah. The, uh, he doesn't like hearing about it, but we covered the Pac-12 baseball. We're in Eugene and Corvallis, and he's driving back. He didn't want to drive. And Colin Cowherd, you know, famous now, national radio. He's in TV. He's in the back of the canopy in the truck through the wheatland of eastern Washington just trying to catch some seas. But, yeah, we went to school together, and we did a lot of games. It was a lot of fun. Ron Breitstein, who was on the show, Ron the Wine Guy. Mm-hmm. Ron was the station general manager, and I was the college program director, also the sports director. Also, let's see if I can fix these, like, Joe here, these cables. Like, it's, <laughs> it was, well, we had, you know, was, there was a campus AM FM station, and it was, uh, it was a ton. I had, I had a blast. It was a lot of fun. Do you have a favorite sport to cover? No. Whatever was in season. Not really. I mean, I really, I love baseball and hockey uh, are really high on the list. But uh, those are the sports, and as a kid growing up, I played the most. So you kind of skew that way, maybe a little bit. But covering, no, it was, it's all been fun. And the Spartans, you know, here with Michigan State, it was just a ton of, came in during controversy with George Perlis against the trustees and the president of the school. And it was, um, boy, that was fun too. I think back now. Very dramatic, but also just, it was entertaining, too. Mm-hmm. Every day, it was fun. So. Could you call play-by-play on pretty much every sport? No, I'm sure I couldn't, but I'd give it a rip. Yeah? I mean, <laughs> it's, um, I mean, I've done football, basketball, hockey, baseball, volleyball, state wrestling. That's interesting. To that would be an interesting thing play. to do play-by-play for. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and it's not easy. Especially not when they're like for a certain amount of time, nothing's really happening. And then all of a sudden it all happens in like 0.5 seconds. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Boat racing, um, autocross. Yeah, I've done a lot of different play, but soccer. I've done soccer, which is interesting. And um, yeah, I mean, you either get a baseball's the hardest. Baseball's There's a lot of time to fill. There you is. Gotta, you got to do a lot of talking. If you don't, if you don't know the game of baseball and you don't know the fabric of the game, that time becomes like you know uh, a burden. It's it's weighing on you. It's like it's sunny. Well, you've said that eighteen times. <laughs> um, but what's going on? And what is it? You know, this guy's swing reminds me of so and so. You better have something mm-hmm. to go with there. Mm-hmm. So, but it's it's also base. I love I love doing baseball. It's just moves at its own pace. There's no clock. And the show I do, it's just 
I said, so you guys don't have a clock. In. This is great. We got no clock. I know. <laughs> I'm looking around. It's like time. We like to talk for a long, long time. time. Is, <laughs> I know. I've listened to the podcast. Um, <laughs> no, have, time have you is, gotten to the end of any of them? <laughs> oh, I know. I have. I have. I, I, I was enjoying the one. And I was telling you before we came in today on the, you know, Lansing's Lost downtown restaurants. Right. And that was, I, that wasn't too long ago, was it? No, that was just about a month ago. Yeah. And uh, people who ought to know, passing by them all day, it looks like you. But, um, no, I, I yeah, the, the clock is a constant taskmaster with morning radio. It's like and we run on a wheel, and I'm just getting into I mean, I just did a, a segment with Tom Barrett, the state senator from Charlotte, and um, I wanted to talk to him about tax cuts, right? Senate plan, House plan, they don't match up. And we started talking about military, Ukraine, and Russia, and that's all I ended up rolling on. Mm-hmm. And then I'm getting my ears like, you're on time. I'm like, wait a minute, what? We just, I haven't got to, I looked at the clock, it was like 7.59 and 40 seconds. Ooh, can you come back? Yeah, bye. <laughs> that was it. So do you, does your brain get that eight-minute segment like in its head? Like you, yeah. you can feel it, right? Mm. You can feel, okay, this conversation is now seven minutes and 35 seconds. I better get it done. Pretty much. Like I would have wrapped us up a couple minutes ago. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, there <you> go. <laughs> I was getting a message saying, that's it, but I walk. Um, Joe hit pause, Joe hit yeah, pause a long time I ago. <laughs> no, it, it does. I can do segments. If we do a recorded segment, I can generally do one and pretty much it's, I know exactly how long it is. So, Is it helpful, though, if you get someone who's really bad? Like, I only have to talk to this person for seven minutes. And it's um, going to feel really long, but... If it's really bad, I won't go seven minutes. Okay. I'll just be like... But you know what? That's really rare. Um, even people who are not... You can tell they're not comfortable doing it. Generally, they they do okay. I, I don't know. I mean, if you... Anybody... You guys listen to... Have you heard some that are just... Boy, that guess was... Or accurately. I just, that should have been about a minute 30 segment. Maybe. <laughs> but I don't get that sense. I would say that's extremely rare. Yeah. But it's happened a couple times in the last year where I finished and I asked the producer, like, Aaron, what do you think? And she goes, well, I said, give me the unvarnished. She's like, I don't know about that. And I'm like, <laughs> so it was bad. Well, you know, I'm like, Wait, my wife does this. Like, what do you think? And then <laughs> there it is. Ooh, that's what she thought. Um, doesn't happen often. Not really. So how much time do you have to spend putting into lining up your guests? And like you what, have five, six? How many folks on a, in a given show? You're on from six yeah. to nine every morning. Yeah, but we run some encore segments from the stuff that was later on one day to run super early on the next. Okay. Because people don't, you know, that uh, Sean Hannity, who does the afternoon, says, I only ask for three hours a day of your time. Well, three hours a day is a lot of time, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I always say, I don't ask for three hours. Give me what you can. And then we have podcasts. And then if you get up early and you want to know what you missed, there's this. So I try to give people options. Um, Today we had, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. um, We had eight in the live segment today, which is, that's typical. Seven, eight. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we'll pre-record at different times, usually between 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock, a couple of people that it doesn't work out with a scheduling thing. And those can be dropped in either the next day if they're pertinent and temporal right now, or it can be, it can wait till later, usually the next day. 
And are you, do, you're, do, I mean, I've worked with you on booking. Are you doing all those guests yourself? Do you have people who are booking them too? I mean, that, to me, that feels no, like I book, the, no, I book it myself. That feels like that would be really tiring, really exhausting to have to do. Um, like every day I'm starting over with, with zero. I well, I mean, I, every Monday, I, the guy you just had, you know, yammering at me about the Seahawks and Lions. <laughs> so I pencil him in. Uh, but there aren't too many of those in a week. Kyle's a regular guest. He's, but he's a busy guy. And, and I inherited him from Tony Conley, the last host. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I thought, do we want to keep doing this? Well, yeah, I mean, I think Kyle's a pretty smart guy, and he certainly is super connected. And there's a segment where, it, at least if there's a lot of other stuff going on non-political, I know on Monday at 8 o'clock we're going to talk politics, state politics with Kyle. And that's fine. Um, but, yeah, the booking is it, – it drove me crazy in the early days because uh, – I tend to not be the most patient guy. I should be. I have four kids now grown and went through all that. should be more patient. Patient dad. No. Not true. <laughs> and and it would drive me crazy. It would be noon, one o'clock, and I'm looking at tomorrow's sheet going, how's this going to just come together out of the ether? And um, Michael Cohen, who used to do the uh, six o'clock show, the Capital City Recap. He's now WWJ in Detroit mm-hmm. and uh, doing news there. And he came in one day and he's like, hey, what's going on, man? What's happening? You look down. I'm like, I got no guests for tomorrow. It's like 1 o'clock. And he goes, got to get in that rhythm of the booking man, the rhythm. <laughs> get that vibe. What does that mean? Hey, you'll know it when it happens. See it. And he's like, <laughs> like a ghost. <laughs> he ghosts right on out. Um, but he was right. You get into a vibe. Some you know, or this is like a slam dunk. This is a reach. I don't know what's going to happen here. For example, we're taping this. Tomorrow, I think tomorrow we're going to have James Craig on. But they've canceled a few times. And this one, we're in the afternoon here. I could get the Heisman. Boom. But we'll reach back again. I mean, I don't think he's going anywhere. <laughs> He'll be back. He's like, you know, it's he's not eradicated in the GOP race. His numbers mm-hmm. look actually okay right now. And so... We won't burn that bridge. But other people, they're harder to get. Others just don't respond well. Most people do. Most people like to be on the show. Mm-hmm. I would say 90%. 90%. And um, so usually most days by 3 o'clock, what's the lid in state government? We're going to put a lid on it, right? By 3, 3.30, I would like to put a lid on it. It's Already and then start, you know, thinking about other stuff. Like it's my turn to make dinner, and the dog does want to go out, and just just hang on, and stuff like that. So and it's probably almost time to go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds good, but it doesn't actually occur that way. No, never does. I do try to get a power nap if I can in the afternoon, even if I'm downstairs and just like zonk for thirty minutes. I feel better because I can't go longer than that. Or I feel like whacked out, and uh, then I won't sleep right at night. But I do try to. I'll try to grab a, a nap, okay, and well, then the phone will ring. Well, building on that theme, we'll go to our next guest. Our next guest caller. Oh boy! Here we go. It's Kyle again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Kyle screwed up that question, so he's doing another <laughs> one. Hey, Dave. It's your good friend Andrea Bitely, frequent guest, frequent listener, frequent caller. Maybe. Uh, big question for you. We know what time your show is on in the morning. It's on before I wake up most days. 
But my question is this. How many alarms do you have in the morning? Are you a morning person, Dave? The world wonders. I'm going to let everybody know. Uh, let them all know right now. Um, so how? what four. time do you have? So your show starts at 6. So you're on the yeah. air at 6. When, but when I'm in front. F- I Yeah, but even with the Encore stuff, I'm connected with the station and in the, you know, setup. And I'm still doing a show. I I started doing the show from home during the pandemic. Um, and I don't know that I'm, I, I mean, it's not my plan to go back right now. I mean, the station, we, we don't really talk about much, but maybe that'll be a, I don't know if it'll be an issue, issue later or not, but, um, it's tricked out pretty well. I don't know. Steffi, you, you, you listen every day because mm-hmm. the others, including Matt, do not listen to the show, which is, I want to make clear to people who are listening to the podcast. We listen when we get guests on. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I forgot about that. Mercenaries. Uh, but I mean, can you tell most days, does it, does it sound like, wow, he's. He sounds no. like he's driving in his car. He's like, oh, tin no, can. Okay. you can't tell at all. Because we've tricked it out pretty nice, but um, not as fancy as this, but it's, it's still, it's all right. Joe uh, can come put some cords at your house if you want. Yeah. I've already noted the ones that go nowhere, <laughs> like a, a freeway to nowhere here, but, They're just but there it looks to make good. Because look, that keeps people cool. from messing with it. If I touch it, I'll screw it. Yeah, it's way, you see, that's what yeah. he does. Um, see, it, I would listen to your show today, but my, my kids listen to Hits One on Sirius XM in the car. That's what, and I was blown away not too long ago when they have these three hosts, and I f- thought for sure they were all back in the studio, and one of them mm-hmm. made some like made a, some apology because their dog barked or something, and it was <laughs> it revealed that all three of them, even though they're in these New York, mm-hmm. you know, high rises, yeah. are sitting in their living rooms. I had no idea. Well, and you know, when I do the wine segment every other Friday with Ron, um, we pull the NPR cheap trick, which is you know he does it. He's on the phone. Hard line with me, and he, he's recording on his iPhone at the same time. Okay, then that segment is he just sends it to me right to our production guy who immediately puts and mixes my voice with his, and we're doing that. I'm NPR in Washington with our reporter now in you know uh, Botswana, and they sound like wow, they got really good radio studio there, and but no, they're in a quiet room, <laughs> and this is how NPR does it. Right, it's the NPR cheat for a pre-recorded interview. And it actually works pretty well. Okay. But you can't do many of those with right. the radio show. It's just because someone's got to produce it. That's why you got, That's why we got Joe. J-Man here, right? Exactly. So, so Andrea and the world wants to know how, how many alarms. I only have two. No, I have two. two. And when do they start going off? Um, there's one at like 3.30-ish in the morning. The other one just before 4, like 3.59 um, on the iPhone. I don't have a regular alarm clock anymore. Because frankly, this has been more reliable. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate to say it, I like electro. My son, the engineer, is into electromechanical things. I actually got him a for Christmas one year a completely cool because it was in that movie No Country for Old Men. You know, you can buy Hollywood props. So I bought him a flip phone from that movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. I, I mean, it, and he's into the whole numbers going. Thing. Mm-hmm. But can you rely on that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've got the two, but once those are gone, that's it. There is no third. So you you are you a morning person? Because you were. I'm you, now. Did, you did the news for years that went late. late. Yeah, that's a whole different. And now you're now you're getting up. Yeah, no, it's a whole different deal. I mean, when I did the late news, I'd come home and put on uh, you know the end of Letterman, and then uh, I was a big Craig Ferguson fan. Love Craig Ferguson. Um, miss his show 
couldn't watch it now. I'd have to record it. But I'd watch it live. And um, then wind away to bed. Get up the next day probably, I don't know, 9, 30, 10, no earlier than that. And start consuming CNN, Fox, MSNBC, whatever, before going in for the afternoon meeting. After doing the dad duty of picking up my kids at school. It's St. Gerard Lansing Catholic and bringing them home. Mm-hmm. And then phew, back to the station. So I, that was the rhythm for a long time. I guess I'm a morning person now because on the weekends, I consider like sleeping till quarter to seven, like the end of the world. And very annoying when I'm out visiting family in the West Coast. I was just at my sister's house. And if I'm still thinking East Coast time and my schedule. So there, you know, at like two in the morning Pacific, I'm raring to go. <laughs> and she's just like, they've been watching some movies. So what is your problem? I'm like, it's time to get up. They're still up. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm going to go out with the dogs here for a little. What? <laughs> out of my mind because they're on West Coast time. But it's, it was true. It's, it takes 24, 48 hours to get rid of that early Michigan mindset. It's not easy. So you were on Lansing TV for what? How many? 14, 15, 14, 15 years? You did the sports. 21 years. 21 years. Mm-hmm. So what is it? So Lansing glorious, not... wonderful, charged with electricity, vim and vigor years, <laughs> without digital editing. Well, there you go. So Lansing is not a big town, and no. everybody knows the people on their local TV station. Yeah, what's it like to be that guy in Lansing? <laughs> it's pretty good. I mean, <laughs> most of the time. Weird times would be if I went out after the newscast and like, I get a message from my wife say, "Can you?" stop it, you know, the overnight big store, right? Because they're open 24 hours and pick up X, Y, and Z. and Just wandering around, there's people stocking and someone will come by and they're like, hey, you're, and they're inside. You're, you're judging me by my groceries right now. Because <laughs> like, they're like, oh, hmm. <laughs> why are you looking at my groceries? Who does that? It's like personal space. But it, it, no, it, it was hard to go anywhere without being recognized and that's um but that's a good thing i mean it's um it's a privilege when you think about it it is it, it really is mm-hmm. i will say there's one caveat to that on the day of my son's first communion at saint gerard parish and the person comes up to me at church and it's his communion day mm-hmm. at church it's a big deal <laughs> right saint g it's a really big deal but also on that same day People were worrying, is Tom Izzo going to go become a coach of the Atlanta Hawks? And a person came up to me at church and said, well, I see where your priorities are. I'm like, I thought it was a compliment. (laughs) And they were actually getting on me for, aren't you going to be over at that press conference? I'm like, yeah, I will when this is done and not a moment before. And I'm at church. What are you doing? (laughs) Are you serious? It's not like they found you at the bar. (laughs) No. And the other one I have is very church-related, too. I was at a funeral here, and Tom Izzo and I were at the same funeral. Tom, back me up on this. Corroborate this. He listens. I know oh, he, he listens. Oh, good. Yes. That's great. Well, he'll he will t- corroborate this. Later. We're at a funeral. We're a funeral mass. You also take communion. The priest, and I will not identify the priest, says to me, body of Christ, love the work you do on TV. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, and so I'm then, say, I hear him say something to Izzo, too. Tom Izzo comes back, sits next to me. We're, no, we're kneeling. And he goes, what was that? What just happened there? Did that count? 
<laughs> did that count? I was I'm like, I don't know. I was, did you hear the story about like the 1500 baptisms that got nullified because the the priests oh, was man. saying the wrong words? Does that yeah. does that count if the if the priest fanboys you in the on the communion rail? Does that count as getting the the body and blood right there? Stephanie, we're in the same tribe. What, yes. Tell me, what, I, yes, it counts. That, it counts? Is that I Vatican, think so. Vatican well, II? That works? Yes. Well, my dad, my dad and mom were married by a priest who later, he was a monsignor, and he left and he married a nun. And then when we had their 50th anniversary, he said, it's people here, it's people here. He goes, I don't know if our marriage is valid. Let me tell you why. And he tells that story. <laughs> and I'm like, are you? No. Uh, no, I, I think they're all valid. It's um, I'm going to stick with that. We're not going to veer off that. Okay. <laughs> Do you ever get to the point, and maybe it doesn't happen so much anymore now that you're on radio and not on TV every day, mm. where you just expect the kind of celebrity reaction? Like you're walking through the grocery store and you see someone and you just expect that they're going to recognize you. I just I bring this up because I, I am not a Spartan. I'm from Indiana. So I really don't care about time as or any of the stuff. Who's your who who who's your man, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. a Hoosier. Not a boiler, not a no, no, Irish. no, no, no boiler. I'm a, no. I'm a Hoosier. But I remember early one morning I went to the old um, grocery store on Trowbridge, Shoprite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shoprite. And uh, Mike D'Antonio was coming down from getting his hair cut up at the barber shop that was there. Mark D'Antonio. Mark. Mark. But again, who's your boy? <laughs> that shows me. just not be jumping in to correct you there. That shows me how much. I mean, a, if it a, helps, Matt boy. messes up names well, all the time. Well, you know, I and I was a big fan of your He's old coach the, there, Jimmy Knight, too. Yeah, Jimmy, he was super, he was you know, the best. through the chair. Anyway. So anyway, Mark D'Antonio comes down from the, yes. the hair shop. Thing. I remember that, yeah. And I was, it was just the two of us walking, and I recognized yeah. him, but I didn't care. And he did this like, total double take. Like, he fully expected me to say, hey, coach, you know, way to go, or shake. And I didn't. And it, it, it caught him off guard, I think, because I didn't. You know, it does. Does that, does that happen to you? Like, you No, think no, not with radio anymore. And my hair is gray now and not. So, I mean, I go out. I got to. You can't. Back then, no one would let you have a beard on 2011. A beard on television. No way. I come back from vacation pretty swarthy. And the news director <laughs> would say, like, what you got going on there? I'm like, I'm shaving it off before Monday. Okay, good. Uh, you have to check your contract because it says no, which is true. There'll be regulations on that. Couldn't do that. You'd be fired. Anyway, um, no, it doesn't happen a ton more. When it did happen, though, it wasn't bad. Not usually. It was It was okay. And sometimes it could be really good. For example, um, I remember after 9-11, I came back here um, my son and I had to drive cross country. We were out to watch Michigan play Washington in Seattle and see Cal Ripken Jr.'s last game against the Mariners all one weekend. And then we're going to fly back on 9-11 to Lansing. That didn't happen. So I ended up renting a car. We drove. It was like he, th- he still looks at that at the age of 10 like the adventure of his life. Seeing the country, mm-hmm. Mount Rush. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said, as long as we're driving back, we might as well see some stuff. So take notes, get your camera out. And we did that, but I mean, my parents came back that fall, and for my mom to get on a plane after nine eleven, she didn't want anything to do with them, but she did. They came back for Thanksgiving. Well, State's playing um, Penn State. They was there was always the Penn State game that weekend, and we're coming in with my dad, and I was excited because I've got um, passes. He can come. He actually got a pass to come up in the press box, and it, I usually didn't pull a string like that, but I wanted him to enjoy it. It was really cold too, and he's like. Yeah, too bad we can't go on the field. I'm like, oh, we got field passes, but you don't want... Because I want to go down there. But we're, Great. It's freezing. <laughs> we're coming in the stadium, and Irvin Johnson had come to the game. 
and I'd hosted his golf outing for a number of years out at Walnut Hills, and he was always good. I mean, in town, Tim Stout had a much closer relationship than I did with Irvin, but we were friendly. He knew me. I certainly knew Irvin. Magic. I still say Irvin because um, he was a hometown guy, right? Right. Do you know who that is, Matt? I do. Yeah. Okay. My, my, he played my for the Celtics. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, at any rate, we're coming in the stadium um, through the, the south parking lot. And uh, my dad's like, he's like, he goes, hey, stop. He goes, you know who that is? And I go, yep. He goes, that's magic. I go, yeah, it's Irvin Johnson. That's magic, Dad. He started to walk in. He turned over and he saw me and he goes, Dave, my man. And my dad's, it was like, you feel like you've achieved something, you know? (laughs) Because Magic Johnson saw me and said, hey, Dave, and came over to give a hug because he hugs everybody, right? And my dad was just like struck speechless at the moment. And I thought that was pretty cool. Not for me, but to be there when I saw that because it was... At least he didn't say, hey, Timmy, Tim, good to see you. No, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. and, 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 you know, for at least for a moment, it's like, Dad doesn't think I'm a, I'm a bum anymore. I mean, at least for this moment, Magic knows who his son is. This is good. It was kind of cool, and it was a nice memory. So, Is there someone who you've been the most nervous to interview? Like the, um, big, like the biggest deal. Maybe someone who you thought, this person's never going to come on my show. or I'm, this is Oh, work, on the show? Or, or I get somebody on there, and I, I guess it could have been sports, too. I don't know. I don't worry too much about I was I was curious to see what would happen. The last time I had one of your icons on, which was Bobby Knight, because the first time I ever interviewed him, things did not go well. <laughs> I mean, as in so far from well that it crawled under a duck. I mean, wow. it was bad. So and that was, was this my, on TV. Was this one you're on TV? TV? Here in te- my first, no, my second interview in Lansing. Mark Harmon, um, a graduate of Notre Dame, an indie guy, said, "Hey, I got a great feature. This is how you'll make your debut." You go and interview Dr. Walter Adams at Michigan State, the president emeritus, et cetera. He goes, because he and Knight, he heckles Knight, but Knight likes him now. And they talk about his experience. Dr. Adams was there at the storming of the beach in Normandy. Knight's a big military guy. They formed a friendship. He goes, I'll set it up with IU, Sports Info, and uh, it'll be great. I talked to Walter Adams. What a guy. (laughs) Great. Got all there. Now, just have to go interview Knight. Mm. <laughs> First question out of my mouth was, um, so you've got this really close relationship with Walter Adams. What makes you say that? <laughs> oh, well, no. Oh, no. I was sent over here. <laughs> Check, please. I mean, it went downhill from there. And I got back, and of course, Mark says, how'd it go? And I started telling him, and he's roaring. He is roaring, because he's been on the end of night. He was working at, before Channel 13 in Indianapolis. He's been on the end of night's barbs numerous times and but he never said dave i gotta give you a warning here i thought this was gonna be the most innocuous thing <laughs> um and when i had night on again he was in he was a peach because now he's done this media stuff and he was obviously campaigning for trump and he was there to you know win friends and not confound enemies anymore <laughs> so it was really super smooth but um i was nervous when i was an intern and then suddenly thrust an unexpected gaggle to reach in and interview Vice President George H.W. Bush in Seattle, which was not expected, and I don't think the station expected it. But they came in on a helicopter, and they were in the middle of the 84 campaign. Uh, and I thought, should I? So my tra- strategy there was a sound one. It was just shut up. 
hold the mic as close as I could and don't ask questions. And I didn't. Uh, and Secret Service was all around, and that I hadn't seen before. I do think I was nervous when I interviewed uh, in college at the compound uh, um, Hayden Lake, Idaho, uh, uh, Richard Butler, who's the head of Aryan Nations. Well, that would be nerve-wracking. Uh, it was, yeah. And, um, yeah, that was. But we had a point to make, too, because the campus president refused him uh, the chance to speak at a place normally was like a place for all kinds of free speech in the, in the quad. And they said, no, you can't do it. And we thought, well, it may be vile what he's saying, but let's go out. And, and now I think we'd probably get a lot of hate from fellow students from that, for doing that. Oh, for sure. At the time, though, it was quite the opposite. But the look of his people around, I thought it was, you know, some would say, oh, it's cosplay. A number of them ended up in federal prison for serious crimes. So as I look back now, and even my thoughts at the time, it was, you know, to go to mini Idaho style log 13 was a little unnerving. Hmm. But the rest of it, well, I mean, every day's an adventure and always new. Even with some of the same guests, they have different things to say. So what do you think is the, the future of talk radio at this point? With the explosion of podcasts, obviously you say you're you're putting yeah. out podcasts of, of your of your stuff too. What is what is the, the the future of talk radio right now? I don't know. I don't I don't know what it is on AMs in America. Stations that are well known for talk radio and AM seem to be doing okay. Stations that tried to hold on to music too long, uh, or maybe other really narrow formats. Um, some even that have done religious. Uh, you know they've sold for ten bucks. For the I mean, it's tough, but I think people there's there's always an air for conversation. Um, live radio, I think people come along for the. Uh, gee, I'm at I'm watching Evil Knievel taking the sky cycle jump or something here. You don't you know what's going to happen. I had uh, one of my colleagues say one morning, "Oh yeah, everything was blowing up on you today." It's like he goes, "People love that." I'm like, "You know, you're a sadist." He's like, "Nah, people love that. I want to see." You can stand on your own two feet with live radio uh, without editing. And maybe that's true. And that happened in TV, too. I had to do weather a couple times, and I'm like, you know, folks, sorry about this, but here we go. Um, but, no, I, people would talk to me about that months later. Hey, you remember you doing the weather forecast? You talked about those big, like, squiggly things moving over. <laughs> yeah, that was like a warm front end. He goes, yeah, you made it through, though. <laughs> so I think if people know you're trying, they'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I don't know what its long-term future is. It certainly is tribal right now. Would you agree? Pretty tribal? Mm -hmm. Talk radio? Mm -hmm. Everything, yeah. Everything. <laughs> Everything is. Yeah. Everything is. I'm, I'm not a fan of that. I like the idea. I, I envision the show, if I, could, if I could remake it perfectly, the show would be like Lansing's old arts bar on Kalamazoo when Earl Stevens was holding forth there as the major domo bartender. Because anybody could come in the door. A couple of lawmakers, cop, late at night, I'd stop by there, have a shoot, slice of pizza. There's two prostitutes, cop comes in. If everybody behaves in the joint, you see, it was, no, it was seriously like the cantina on, you know, Star Wars. A little bit. Yeah. But if you behave in the joint, it's cool. If you don't, you're out, you're banned. And it was like Lansing's Lobby. And people were welcome to come in, varying viewpoints, just you know, as long as you didn't uh, harass the wait staff and you didn't start a fight, come on in, enjoy yourself. And I don't know if we even have a lot of that anymore. And certainly with the pandemic, 
Um, you know, we still have we ha we have some climbing back to do from social graces. I think to get back in a good spot. I don't know if we'll get there or not. I hope we do. I'm optimistic that maybe we can, but you know, I'm I worry about uh, our state and our country and the uh, division in it because we're not we're good at talking past each other, but not talking to each other. Mm -hmm. There's hope for talk radio, I think there, but I don't know that that sells. Um, uh, certain sponsors, I, you know, it's well, you've done it. I mean, you've you you've been doing this for eight years. We're you know, you just in the eighth year, seven. But uh, okay, okay close but enough. I mean, your sh show is not partisan. It's not bombastic. It's not tribal. You hear you hear people on both sides. You bring on both, you know, and there's not yelling. And it so, how many of those are there like though? Well, there are not many. See, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, so I don't know if I, I'm, I'm what I I'm being realistic. That may not be the model out mm -hmm. there. It's my model. And I'm at the point in life where I'm not going to like live somebody else's vision of right. what they want to do. Uh, I quote a George Perlis line here, but I mean, it's a family podcast, so <laughs> I can't do it. But I mean, I'm not at this point. I'm not doing that. So. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to come talk to us over here in the podcast world. Out of your, out of your busy show prep afternoon. <laughs> and <laughs> your most power nap. It. Yeah, you gave up a power nap. And most of that. Is, and I got to give you credit on the guest here you had come on because I was talking with one of them today and uh, she didn't let on. So oh, Andrea no. Bightley usually I've been top secret. let on uh, say, but no, she didn't. She kept a secret and uh, so good stuff. And I'm going to ask Kyle next time on the air, you know, um, if the Lions are in, are you going to bet against them in some, because he might, you know, because he is very, he is not loyal that way no. at all. So, it's hard we'll get to bet it. for them sometimes. Yeah, no, I, I know. It's, sometimes? <laughs> it's <laughs> Always? A lot well, of times. You want to. You want to, but it's it's hard. The Lions, though, they do, don't they? They kind of make up part of what we are in Michigan, though. I mean, yeah. it's uh, just, I don't know if they're lovable losers. That used to be the Cubs. But the Lions are something else. But we're stuck with them. They are us. We met the enemy, and it's us. Thanks for the invite. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Ackley with Morning Wake Up has been with us on the Cold Open Podcast, and we'll be right back. Okay, so we're back. Dave was good. I had no idea he was doing, he did all that stuff. I guess I should have, but I didn't. You should listen daily. You'd know more. <laughs> I know. I know. So I was wanted to mention, I, I actually was a guest on a podcast this week. Really? This You'd week? Cheating on the podcast? Wait, what? <laughs> no, I, I was. You didn't listen to it yet? I'm just now I hearing about it. So... Uh, Friday night, I'm driving home from school, and Cooper says to me, Dad, um, I have to do a podcast for school. And I, I said, can I interview you? And I said, well, sure. Yeah, of course you can interview me. <laughs> and he says, okay, so I want to talk to you about sports. And I'm like, I know. That's the only thing you can talk about is sports. I get it. And he goes, so what sports did you play? And I said, well, I played baseball and soccer and basketball. And he goes, and when did you do that? And I said, like, Fifth, sixth, what is this seventh being grade? recorded on? His iPad. Okay. <laughs> I said fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, and he goes, "That's it." And I'm like, well, "Yeah." And he goes, "Wait a minute! I thought you like played sports." 
I'm like, what do you think I? I no, I'm not a. I'm not a professional athlete, Cooper. Where do you think I go when I go to work? He goes, are you telling me that you didn't actually play sports? I'm like, no, I played sports. I said in fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. I did not play after eighth grade. And he goes, oh, um, okay, well, <laughs> he says, I have to rethink. I have to rethink it. This is hard for me. I just, I, just, I just learned my dad's a loser. I can't it. And I'm like, well, why don't you get back to me then when you decide if you still want me on your podcast? And so Sunday afternoon rolls around, and he doesn't have it done yet. And, and he's like, okay, we need to do my podcast. And I'm like, okay, well, what are you going to talk to me about? And he said, well, sports. I said, I thought my sports weren't good enough for you. And he goes, well, you can talk about professional sports. We won't talk about the sports that you that you played <laughs> when you were a kid, but you can talk about your professional sports. And so, uh. so he interviewed me. And it, <laughs> the pod, unlike, unlike our podcast, this podcast was four and a half minutes long. <laughs> and we got done. He goes, wow, that was really long. And I said, that, it was like four minutes, man. And he goes, he's... Where is this very short attention span? Where can people is it on access? Apple I don't know. It's gonna be. We'll have to see. Let's so see if it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I mean, we could put it at the end of this. We could put it on here. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to turn it funny. in. The funny thing is that he uh, was so proud of himself because he did this intro, and he goes, "Welcome to the Sporty Podcast. Um, today, I'm going to talk to my dad." And then he goes, "Hi, Dad." And I go, "Hey, Coops." And he and by accident he had this background like drum music like playing in the like a beat and right when I said hey coops it did like a cymbal like (laughs) 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 perfect so he he, uh, yeah so that's I did I have my my podcast debut sounds Uh, like he has as much training as Joe (laughs) (laughs) he didn't want to turn in the pop pop podcast. No, and I think that's that's too old. This has to be had to be an, an original creation. But the mm-hmm. Pop Pod podcast was good. That was good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Anyway, so but Dave Dave's a little step above me. He actually did do sports. At least mm-hmm. he talked to he talked to Magic Johnson and Bobby Knight. So that's more. He he should have Cooper should have interviewed Dave. Yeah. Vicky, so do you know who Bobby Knight is? I know the name. That's you it. know the name. <laughs> he was, was he a coach, a basketball coach? He was a basketball coach. That's, that's, all, Carly. that's all I got. Extra points for you. you I go. thought he played hockey. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Wasn't there a night there were Bobby, Bobby, Bobby somebody, Orr? Bobby Orr, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, got him. That guy. That guy. <laughs> Michael Orr is a football player. That's right. He was the movie guy, right? Yes. He was in the movie. Did I tell you well, about when I met Tom movie. Izzo? No. I also so, met Tom Izzo one time. Um, so we were at Lansing Catholic does this ice cream social for incoming freshmen. And one of Izzo's daughters, I think, was Alex's age. So um, we were at this ice cream social and they line parents up and you have to like stand in front of the other parent and like tell a couple facts about yourself or introduce yourself for two minutes. And then they move. Parent over. speed dating. Yeah, it basically was. And so I was standing across from Tom Izzo and um, I guess didn't realize it. Um, and so he says to me, you know, hi, I'm Tom. And I'm like, hi, I'm Stephanie. And so he's like, what do you do? And so I told him I did public relations and consulting and stuff like that. And I'm like, what do you do? (laughs) (laughs) He gave me the same look you got from Mark D'Antonio. And he's like, uh... I coach basketball. <laughs> okay. You're like, that's a fun that hobby. <laughs> I was like, ooh, that's impressive. That's funny. 
I could see you coming away from that and being like, that guy was rude. <laughs> Basketball. Who cares about yeah. that? Yeah. Unimpressed. <laughs> He's kind of short. Yeah. Yeah. Very short. Anyway, well, it was good to have Dave on. We've been meaning to have him on for a long time, and he had some some cool stories to share. So, uh, and it was cool for Kyle and Andrea to help us out with the episode too. So, anybody else have anything to throw in here? Anything to add, Nikki, to the to the conversation? No, I don't have anything. <laughs> okay. You're welcome. <laughs> I don't think I could start my job from scratch every day like he does. I know. I think It'd it would way be way really too stressful. I don't think I could talk. Well, I definitely couldn't do that. But but the fact that it's like a clean, I mean, I guess it could be a good thing. It's a clean slate every day. But the idea like, all right, I just finished the show. Got to start again for tomorrow. Like, Did I overhear him say he wakes up obscenely early? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What time does he? Sorry. His first just alarm is 3.30. Yeah. Just listen to the podcast. Just listen to the podcast. What did you say? 3.30. Yeah. <laughs> that, I would Pass. Yeah, you not do well. I'd have to go to bed at 4.30 <laughs> to get <laughs> enough sleep. <laughs> okay, well, thanks, Dave. Dave Ackerley, host of The Morning Wake Up, was with us uh, on the podcast uh, for Laura, Anna, Carly, Nikki, Stephanie, Joe. This has been Matt, and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs> <laughs>